0: Everybody, it's Meg here. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. You're spending time with your friends and family, or if not, you're at least getting to see them digitally, because I know some people are doing that right now. Either way, I, I hope it's a blast. I have a cute little short shiver episode for you today with my boyfriend slash the editor of this podcast, Dan Getz. Uh, he's doing. Many, many projects. So I will leave that till the end of the episode for you to hear what he's up to. He is the co-owner of Wasted Robot Records. So he's super duper busy. Um but until then, listen to us talk about some spooky Christmas ghost stories. You're listening to Real Chills with Meg Guest. Real scary. Silly, real stories. Hey, everybody, welcome to Real Chills. We have an extra special guest today for our Christmas shiver. Today, we have my boyfriend, the editor of this podcast, Dan Getz. Dan, how's it going?
1: Good. Hello. Hi.
0: Finally, a voice to all the wonderful edits.
1: Yeah, and a voice to all the mistakes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> true, true. Uh, yeah, so if anyone has any complaints, email Dan at, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah,
1: Dan at email.com.
0: Uh, email.com. Yeah, uh, it's funny asking you how you're doing when I literally text you all day.
1: Yeah, we were just in the same room a second ago. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Joe. Uh, for listeners, this is a shiver episode. I asked Dan if he could be a guest because I wanted someone to react to my stories. I didn't want to just be throwing it out into the, the nothingness that is recording a podcast. So thanks for being a guest, Dan, and being on the shiver.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to hear these stories.
0: Yeah. Are you excited for Christmas? No. <laughs> you me, no. Why are you not excited?
1: Well, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm so excited for Christmas. I love Christmas.
0: Me too. I already know what you got me for Christmas, which is that's, different.
1: That's true. Yeah, because it involves scheduling and you're a very busy person. So I had to make yeah. sure you were available.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a trip, guys. I'm spoiled. I feel really lucky. Your present just arrived at your parents. So I'm very excited for you to open it. But it's a surprise you don't get to know.
1: I'm going to go pick it up before you can get it. And Hello! It.
0: <laughs> You're going to ruin Christmas? Is that what I'm hearing? You're just going to ruin it?
1: For you. It'll be great for me.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So we ask everybody, all of our guests, the same question. And it's in terms of being a skeptic or being like a a true full believer, where do you think you land?
1: Probably somewhere in the middle because (laughs) my reaction to people's ghost stories and that kind of stuff freaks me out. So that to me implies that, like, I must believe them to some degree. Right. But I have no personal experiences.
0: That's fair. I, you don't have any, right, you haven't been on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's that. a
1: good chance I would have been here before had I had experienced <laughs> anything.
0: It is strange, because you go to the house, my house, which I consider to be very haunted. You never had any, like, feelings or experiences there?
1: I mean, I get it. I I totally understand why people do. There's a vibe to your house. But no, like the closest I've come was like those old nature books on the back staircase. I took one off the shelf and all the lights turned off on the staircase. And I was like, okay, I'll just put it back. But that's the closest I've come. That's the only (laughs) remotely paranormal-ish story
0: Did they turn back on when you put it back?
1: Pretty shortly after, yeah.
0: Oh wow. I was gonna say that'd be really cool if it was just like boop.
1: Yeah, in the books. The one I took off was upside down and I was like, I'm gonna make sure I put this back upside down.
0: (laughs) Not even gonna like write it. Hanging up. They don't
1: want me to fix it. Whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. We're both going back to uh to the creepy house and my parents have a Dachshund puppy.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Delightful.
1: That little thing is the best.
0: I love her. Her name is Roxy. Maybe I'll post a picture on the gram for you guys so you can see her. Everybody loves her the second they meet her, including me. So I'm excited to go back. Yeah,
1: she ran and hid behind you as soon as I walked in last time. But then seconds later, she was offering herself to me to be pet. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, she's weird about dudes, and I get it. You know, good for her. She's a good sense yeah, of
1: good judge of character. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let's get into these stories. I do have three for you, and I don't want to go too long because it is a shiver. All right. Um, yeah, I found this awesome list of Christmas ghost stories from the article 7 Spine-Tingling Tales of Christmas Ghosts" by Claire Cox Starkey. None um, of them and- are Christmas, Carol. <laughs> no, I did I specifically stayed away from Christmas Carol because everyone knows that one. And also it's fake, I think.
1: I Never don't mind. know that that cloak future guy seems real to me.
0: I believe in him too. He's a nightmare. I see him in my corner night terrors every night.
1: <laughs> He's <laughs> the one.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I did like try to add a little extra spice for this. I didn't just read directly from the article, but story number one. It's called The Haunted Christmas Feast at Alcatraz. This is a quick story, but a great one. James Johnston was the warden of Alcatraz prison in the 1940s. Alcatraz is known to be an extremely haunted and unsettling place. To this day, there are stories of unexplained screams and doors opening and closing on their own. It's a small island about 1.25 miles from San Francisco. Uh, we're definitely going to do a full episode about this prison in another in another episode. And a lot of people ask, like, why didn't more people escape with only like a mile of swimming to be done? Well, the answer to that is the water was extremely cold and had rough currents. There were 1,500 prisoners, and of that, only 14 tried to escape. And from that number, only three were successful. So crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm weirdly obsessed with Alcatraz just because because of that because like I've been there and it doesn't feel that hard like I get that it's a prison and people are watching you all the time but like it doesn't seem that hard to get from Alcatraz to San Francisco but then you realize that like just because it's California doesn't mean that it's nice weather it's frigid in San Francisco all the time Mm -hmm. and like it was rough, like pulling up in the boat to get to Alcatraz was like rough seas. It was crazy.
0: You went? I didn't realize you have been.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was there a few years ago.
0: That's so cool. We have to go back because I want to go see all the ghosties. So here's the story. One Christmas day, Johnston decided to have a Christmas party for all of his employees at the prison. The merrymaking was quickly squelched when an apparition with mutton chop whiskers and a gray suit appeared. The temperature in the room plummeted and even the fire went out. A minute later, the spirit disappeared as quickly as it arrived and everything went back to normal. However, most guests were too shaken to continue the party. So I looked into this, uh, I looked into what people wore at Alcatraz and the prisoners wore a blue shirt with blue or white pants. So it wasn't like a ghost of a prisoner. However, the guards of Alcatraz wore black or gray suits so, I'm thinking it might have been a ghost of a former guard that wanted to join in on the fun.
1: That's crazy because, like, they were notoriously bad people. Like, they treated oh, prisoners really? at Alcatraz yeah. like terribly.
0: Oh, wow. Because, like,
1: they were like the worst of the worst. So, they felt justified in like treating them bad.
0: And I know they had a reputation to uphold. They were known for being like inescapable. So, they kind of wanted to keep morale low and the thought that they could ever escape out of prisoners minds yeah wasn't um was capone here or is that he was at
1: some point yeah
0: he was there too is okay as well yeah i just think it's crazy that it was a ghost of a guard
1: yeah that is wild because like that can't be a pleasant place like you you can't be like, oh, it's Christmas. Let me go back to Alcatraz. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, like, the warden had to have lived on Alcatraz, right? Like, that's such a weird dynamic as well. Like, the families of the warden and guards all just, like, also being on this island. Like, what a weird environment.
1: Yeah, that is strange. Because, like, if something goes wrong, they're all stuck there, too. And, like, that, that doesn't yeah. even have to mean, like, something goes wrong with the prisoners. Like... The weather could just turn on a dime and they're stuck there on an island.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I find Alcatraz, even without ghosts, to be highly unsettling. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to story number two. So this one's about Anne Boylan. Uh, Anne Boylan was the second wife of King Henry VIII. She's most notably known for being beheaded due to treason and adultery when in reality she was beheaded so King Henry could find a new wife and try again for a son.
1: (laughs) Yeah what an
0: asshole. I know so rude like he did divorce the first time and was like nah killing him was easier I guess.
1: I mean there's there's a whole song that like I, I wish I could remember that's just like a mnemonic for how he got rid of all his wives that like there's like it's like Divorced, beheaded died Divorced, beheaded died
0: like that's so brutal there well there's also that um that musical right there's like a fun punk rock they're like all the wives of king henry are like in a band
1: oh yeah that does exist yeah i forgot about that
0: yeah i want to see that it looks really fun it's like punk rock and cool
1: yeah it's it's a different take on the musical yeah
0: Yeah. Um, so before this tragic history, Anne spent much of her childhood at Haver Castle. I should have checked before doing this, but Haver Castle from the ages of 5 to 13. She often would also visit um, this castle when she was queen. And to this day it's reported that every Christmas the ghost of Anne can be seen walking towards her childhood home. It's reported that she's first seen beneath a large oak tree where she was courted by Henry before walking across the bridge onto the castle grounds. All right. I really like this one because I think it's really sweet. I'm like sad for Anne. Because it seems like I was reading her life for this um episode and it seems like she kind of was like iffy on the king. Like she was betrothed to another man for a while. Yeah,
1: but how do you say no to a king?
0: Uh I don't think she had obviously I know. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she really didn't have the option. <laughs> Ironically enough, the guy she was betrothed to was on like the committee who decided she should be beheaded
1: of course you think that guy's gonna vote against the king
0: rough shake i know like you know
1: there's no way that dude blamed the king for her going to the king like so
0: much drama that that
1: dude was just bitter like oh yeah you think the king's better than me well you're gonna die
0: i wonder i wonder if it was that or if he was like yo if i say no we'll both be dead and then you know Like, it's more like a, I'll remember you.
1: (laughs) At at least that seems romantic. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, we could both die or I could kill you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One of those is
1: pleasant in, like, history. The other one is like, that guy is a dick.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't, I always say, like, I don't know. I'm not, uh, he is a dick, 100%. But I never know what I would do when I hear these, like, bad or worse decisions that like people in history had to had to make i'm like i don't know man (laughs) there is no winning in that time period i feel like
1: i mean there's a chance if you vote yes in the in the whatever people deciding that they're gonna kill you for voting yes the wrong way like you could just die at any second from disease or the king has a bad day like whatever
0: yeah Yeah. so that's why like i don't know i really like this story because it feels like it highlights like a nice part, like. She goes back to her childhood home every Christmas. Like, that's such a cute... I mean, I, I guess I just related to that, you know?
1: It does feel romantic because it's a castle.
0: Yeah, and it's a castle. They're so like,
1: funny. I don't know if that was just like a cottage in the woods that I'd be like, oh, cool. But like, because it's a castle, I'm like, yeah, every castle should at least have one ghost of a queen.
0: <laughs> She's like notorious as a ghost for traveling. Like, she's all over the place in England.
1: So how many of those do you think are making it up? Because I didn't know ghosts could travel, like, specifically.
0: I have no idea. We've never really talked about it on the podcast. The thing about ghosts that we have talked about is that we make up the rules that we understand about ghosts. So like whether or not they can travel or whether or not they're attached to a certain object or, you know, place, that's all stuff that we made up. Those are all rules that we made up. So just, you know, she could be traveling and that could be something we just didn't know ghosts could do, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like, like the idea that everything we know about animals is wrong because maybe the animals are doing something different because we're watching them?
0: <laughs> I've never heard that, but I love that thought. Like the, the animals like they're like toy-storying us.
1: Yeah, that they're like putting on their best display of what they think an animal should be <laughs> because they're being watched. But like if we're not watching them, who knows what they're doing?
0: God, that'll haunt me forever cuz you'll never know because every time you look, you know, oh dang it. One second. pause my nap alarm went off.
1: We heard it. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in the show.
0: <laughs> I'm going to tell people
1: that it's 6.50 and your nap alarm went off.
0: Recently, I've been having really scary three hour naps with like nightmares and stuff. You know,
1: <laughs> yeah. you were having one the other day where you're like, can you please wake me up? It's not working. It's <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, OK, yeah. <laughs> I guess I I'll, I'll shake you a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you were perfect. And we've talked about this on the podcast, too. I have really bad sleep paralysis. And like, one of the things I think is like sweet about you or romantic is like, you can catch when I'm doing it.
1: <laughs> well, see, now I have to leave it in.
0: When I need help. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's like a compliment, sort of.
1: Yeah. Now, now I look good. I was teasing you, but now I look like a good guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're tricking everyone because you're horrible. No, I'm just kidding. But, um,
1: but yeah, on the animal thing too, like, even like planet earth where it's just like a stationary camera and not people actively with the camera. Animals know that the camera's there. So like, they're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get on this show. Like
0: I don't think they always know. I like to, I can't handle this reality where animals act differently when we don't look at them.
1: We don't know. There's no way of knowing. Cause to look at them means that you're looking at them and it ruins the other half of the experiment.
0: Listen. There's these things called doggy cams and I know the dogs don't know about them because they do stuff that's naughty and then when they get caught they freak out. It's on TikTok. I've seen it a few times now.
1: Well, TikTok said it.
0: Yeah. TikTok's the realist.
1: <laughs> we need to get like cameras in rocks and then we'll get a real impression of every reptile or whatever. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> That'd be awesome. So this um this last we're already on our last story. Holy cow! I thought wow. these were longer. <laughs> this one's a little bit longer and and hits like a really fun tr- well depressing but fun trope. So this is called the mistletoe bride at Hamsel House. Um, okay, and actually I'm realizing now this isn't <laughs> this is just a scary story, but it's still fun. It's Christmassy but scary. And probably true, which makes it kind of depressing. In the early early 17th century, a young woman named Anne was to be married on Christmas Day at Bramshill House in Hampshire, England. After the ceremony and feast, as was tradition at the time, the guests were all set to carry the bride to the bedchamber. Anne suggested a game be played and asked for a five-minute head start before the guests came to find her. Everyone searched long and hard for Anne, but no sign of her could be found. At first, they thought she they thought she had played a merry trick, but soon a sense of unease fell over the guests. The bridegroom, Lord Lovell, was distraught and guests began to whisper that she must have fled. Days, weeks, months, and years passed and Lord Lovell never stopped looking for his bride. One day, some 50 years after her disappearance, Lord Lovell was up in the huge attic of the sprawling mansion where he began tapping on the oak paneling. As he knocked, a long hidden secret door sprung open and inside he found an ornate wooden chest. He pried open the heavy wooden lid and there still in her wedding dress and clutching her mistletoe bouquet were the skeletal remains of his beloved. The scratch marks on the inside of the lid of the chest attested to her desperate but futile effort to free herself from her hiding space. And then in comma, this was directly for Mental Floss. I thought they did a great job. They said, while the story appears in many variations, Bram's Hill House is thought to be the most likely, likely site that this actually occurred.
1: That is wild. <laughs> so incredibly sad.
0: I know. I know. Like, Thoughts?
1: Is it isn't mistletoe poisonous?
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> she, cause she could have eaten it. Is that was saying? Yeah, I just but
1: picture her like trying to sustain and then like actually ears. helping herself die faster in this terrible situation.
0: You know what? She could have used it to kill her. Like, you know what I mean? Like at some point you're like, ah, oh, I'm just gonna eat this mistletoe.
1: Oh, what a horrible. Cause...
0: Are you going to say a horrible way to, to do this episode? I know. All of these have been really sad. No, I just mean like
1: to die playing hide and seek when you're already in a good hiding spot. Like you found a secondary <laughs> hiding spot within already a great hiding spot. Like <laughs> yeah. It took this dude 50 years to find the door, let alone the yeah. box inside it. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Maybe she was killed. Maybe someone put her in there. Because it just feels so aggressive to like go to a secret room and then also stick yourself into a big giant box.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like the early 90s problem of don't get yourself stuck in a refrigerator.
0: Yeah. Is that a thing that happened in the 90s? People were getting stuck in refrigerators. refrigerator?
1: It was probably not a huge thing, but there was a Punky Brewster episode about it like careful kids refrigerators don't open from the inside this girl like crawled in the refrigerator and i i don't think she died she might have died though the 90s were weird
0: i actually remember a story this is more this is becoming more of a true crime episode unfortunately but i believe there were refrigerators like discarded refrigerators in the woods and a child had crawled inside and couldn't get out and died So that might be what Punky Brewster was referring to, the the wood refrigerators out in in the woods.
1: Maybe. In this one, it was just a girl playing hide and seek, and that was it. She crawled inside a refrigerator, and then the episode (laughs) continued for 20 more minutes.
0: (laughs) I think the general rule is, like, stop playing hide and seek. That shit is scary. Yeah. I can't handle it.
1: So we were playing the game the other day of, like, How long do you hide before you just give up and be like, well, I'm over here.
0: I had that happen to me once when I was playing Manhunt, where um, I'd been hiding for an insanely long time and I came out and no one was playing anymore. And I was like, you guys weren't going to tell me. And they're like, well, we couldn't find you. And we figured you'd come out eventually.
1: Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. I feel like that would happen to me, but they'd be like, yeah, we only said we were playing the game so that you would hide. Oh no. (laughs) One time I was playing Manhunt and I was, it was at my friend's cousin's house. I think, um, I found where his cousin was hiding and I was like, all right, I got you. And then he punched me in the face, said, no, you didn't. And ran away to a new hiding spot. And I was like, (laughs) like, okay, well, I, I did get you. And I also see where you're going. So you accomplished Nothing here except <laughs> punching me in the face.
0: Which is something. That is an accomplishment. It was such
1: something. a weak punch though. Like oh. Like I was startled that it happened but like not shook in any sort of way. I was just like, "Really? You just punched me in the face? Like, really? It's minor." <laughs> like you know the game you signed up for. Like
0: I take Manhunt very I took Manhunt really seriously, very seriously.
1: Oh, we used to play it around my neighborhood growing up and it was nuts. We had to set boundaries be like, you can't go past yeah. this house anymore because they're gonna be mad at us if they keep finding us in their yard. But their yard was like the perfect hiding spot. Okay.
0: There was one time I remember distinctly crawling under the dog pen, Dan, you know, where we yes. do our shows. And just feeling multiple spiders crawling on me and just not leaving and just waiting. And wow. I don't think I could do it now, honestly. I don't
1: I, I don't think I could do it spiders or not. That is not a big space.
0: <laughs> it was a small space. But I didn't get caught, obviously, because no one thinks anyone's crazy enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't be under there with all the spiders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's not that hardcore. i like, yeah. very hardcore. <laughs> i don't know what that <laughs> was sorry this is a really like crazy but it's a, a shiver so i'm allowed we're allowed to be all over the place that's the rules
1: yeah shiver is made for tangents i edit this show i know <laughs> hey george isn't isn't this year great isn't 2020 fantastic dan are you kidding me i mean this year sucks i've been inside The entire time. But how often do you get two new sports team names? We got Kraken and Football Team. I do like Football Team. If only there was a show where you could rank these new names. I know just the show. There's a show. I host it with my friend Dave Piriano. It's called The Rank Bank. Dan, that's awfully relevant to this completely natural conversation. Of course it is. It's almost like I shoehorned it in here because it's all I want to talk about anymore. When do episodes drop, Dan? You can hear part one and part two of every league on Monday, and part two will come out on Tuesday. You don't even have to wait. Wow, two days, two separate episodes of the show. How can you give that much content? It's exhausting. Go listen to the rank bank. <laughs>
0: So what did you think of the ghost stories? I was obsessed with the fact that Christmas has ghost stories as part of like it's lore. And um, I just wanted to bring it back. I wanted to put the spooky back in holiday, you know, that word. How spooky day.
1: How's How? Yeah. Nope. Not going to get there.
0: It just doesn't work, but you get what I was the, going for.
1: The, yep. Now my mouth is just stuck on that
0: <laughs> combination
1: of syllables. I mean, I'm, I like the first two stories. The the last one feels disappointing with the lack of ghost in it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's haunting, but in a you know,
1: like that could be a very very haunted mansion esque story, like the the movie Haunted Mansion, not not the general ride of the Haunted Mansion, where like they're uncovering this crazy thing that happened at the mansion years ago.
0: Yeah, I actually pulled up the link. And it's from like this, um, it's this book, this weird book. And um, there's actually a song written about the, the lady who died, which is really sad. Oh my gosh, they still have the chest. Indeed, the very chest has been preserved in the Hall of Upham Rectory, having been removed from Marwell some 40 years ago. That's crazy. Why? <laughs> why, w- why would they keep that? I don't know. I don't know what this is. I'm not going to look too closely because I'm like, what if I find out this is just a fake story? I'm going to say it's real.
1: Yeah, I'll it's I'll let it be real. Close. I don't I don't need it to be proven wrong.
0: It's called strange pages from family papers. So that sounds real to me.
1: Have you seen the movie Rope?
0: No. What is that?
1: It's a you'd like it actually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It sounds terrible.
1: (laughs) It's it's a Hitchcock movie and therefore automatically a classic. Mm. But it's these two guys, they they have planned and executed the perfect murder. That's how the movie starts. You see the murder. So this is not a spoiler. And they leave the body in this chest in the middle of their living room and then throw a party to gloat about it, basically, while the body is in the chest in the living room.
0: Oh wow.
1: And it is hilarious and dark and twisted, and I could not recommend it more. It's where can very
0: people find that? what what is it on?
1: I watched it on Criterion because I'm fancy, but Ooh. yeah I mean it's it's a hitchcock movie they're they usually pop up on streaming services from time to time, usually hbo max or whatever but it, it's one of those one take movies too where like it never stops the cut and you just move through this apartment as people are slowly figuring things out and getting more and more suspicious of these people. And it's great. And I, I, I love that the murder is not the spoiler.
0: Yeah, that is really cool. That's a, a different take on like a murder mystery.
1: Yeah. Like literally the first shot, they're strangling the dude with the rope and then the rest of it is like, you're just there with the tension of the aftermath for the whole movie. And it's very funny.
0: that's sweet that's awesome um yeah this is a the christmas episode we're talking about a lot of murder yeah christmas um i don't know any other murder stories i was gonna look up (laughs) this is really dark i was gonna look up people who got stuck in chimneys but i was too afraid to see them
1: i mean just flashed to gremlins. Um, I
0: know.
1: Oh my God. What a depressing part of a very fun movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like weird, like bleak stuff that happens around Christmas. um But it, Christmas itself is really exciting. I'm excited. What's your favorite version of the Christmas Carol? Oh, the Muppets. Is it the Muppets? That's of your course favorite. Of course, yeah. it's the
1: Muppets.
0: Is that your favorite Muppets movie?
1: No. No, I, I mean probably the Muppets movie, the first one is probably my
0: okay. favorite.
1: But then, I mean, the Great Muppet Caper is also great. And like it, I mean, uh, what's it called? Treasure Island was my first exposure to Muppets Ooh. and Muppet Ooh. movies.
0: Treasure Island's really fun.
1: Which I think only holds up due to my nostalgia for it. But I mean, the other ones are are hilarious. And like they. They understand meta humor better than people who are famous for meta humor.
0: I like the Mickey version of Christmas Carol.
1: I love the ghosts in that.
0: Yeah. I hate the ghosts in the Muppet. The first one, the girl one. (gasps) Oh, that little
1: uh, that wispy. Yeah. I
0: hate her. She's supposed to be like cute and fun and like, here you go. And it's like, get back, demon.
1: I see, I think that's what they get right because she's not not cute, but she's also a creepy ghost
0: but then the others are just fun ghosts. they're not creepy I mean
1: ghosts. the uh ghost of Christmas yet to come in the Muppets one is dark as hell. it's creepy.
0: What is he again? He's just a big It's, cloak... it's just
1: a cloak, but like yeah the the puppet version of that is still weirdly menacing.
0: oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, any listeners, if you have any Christmas ghost stories, I would love to hear them because I was trying to look up more and maybe we'll do another episode after Christmas, like a post-Christmas Christmas ghost story. Yeah.
1: If anybody has ones from this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, we had actually last year, if you guys are like craving some more Christmas spooky content. We oh, had the
1: Eric Todd one. The Eric
0: Todd episode, which was really awesome.
1: That story was and- wild.
0: Yeah, and then we also had the one where we talked about Norway, I believe, and their Christmas practices, which was really really fun. That shiver. Oh, I don't remember that one. They're like folklore and things like that. I believe it was one of those like Sweden or Norway or Icelandic cultures. And they have the twelve grumpy Santas. Oh,
1: oh, I thought you were gonna say the Yule lads or whatever.
0: That is what it is. The Yule. Okay. Lads. Yeah. So
1: they're wild. I was reading a little bit more about them because I they were referenced on something else I was listening to and I was reminding myself of them. They are insane. And like twelve specifically different personalities who are all out to make your life terrible.
0: I love it. I love how okay, I think Krampus is probably the scariest premise because in those countries, like people dress up like Krampus and terrorize kids. <laughs> yeah, like, they, do. they like take like sticks and hit kids and stuff. I don't know that's scary to me how do you know which ones are good and bad i guess because you know them because it's like a small town
1: (laughs) just one guy that this kid hates and he's like well i'm the krampus so you're the only one who gets fucked on this i was
0: thinking it's like the reverse where this one guy just watches this kid be a shit all year and he's like christmas is coming (laughs) i'm gonna get him
1: god that's awesome (laughs)
0: But yeah, I love Christmas. I'm excited to go home and watch Christmas Carol. We watched that new movie. What was that called, Dan? Do you remember? Which one? Uh the one where there's a catfish.
1: Oh, Love Hard.
0: Love Hard on Netflix. So I can't recommend Love Hard enough. I know it's not spooky, but it's a very fun Christmas Netflix special. Has like Hallmark vibes, but it's kind of like a younger hallmark, I guess.
1: Yeah, it has people who are actually pleasant and know how to act.
0: Yeah, and are like funny and goofy. So yeah, those are my ghost stories. I hope you liked did you like them?
1: Yeah, those were awesome.
0: Thanks. I feel like I keep asking you because they were short, but the shiver is supposed to be short. I never know. Either I do these stories and I'm like, they're going to be short. And then they're like an hour long. Or I'm like, all right, this is the perfect length. And then they go really fast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, those those stories, there's not a lot to dig into, but they're interesting stories. So it's perfect for this.
0: And they're um, probably true, which is fun. I I really think Alcatraz is really interesting. I definitely want to take a deeper look into the hauntings there. I think Haunted Prisons could be like a whole episode because we're right by Eastern State. We talked about it a little bit with Sonia, and that's super haunted too.
1: I mean, Alcatraz has like a crazy history where it was after it stopped being an active prison, it was taken over by kind of native occupations. Mm. So like it just became a place where natives could go and live.
0: Which is funny because before that, before it was a prison, it was actually taken from natives who would send like they would banish people to Alcatraz, like people from their tribe to Alcatraz. Mm -hmm. That's what I was reading.
1: Yeah. And now it's just a state park tourist trap.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All of the worst places of suffering will eventually become tourist traps.
1: Yep. They have plantation tours in the South.
0: No, that's like, okay. So as much as I love goat, I don't know. It's too, for me, that kind of feels almost too soon.
1: I mean, I was saying it with all the sarcasm possible because the place of national shame shouldn't be a tourist destination.
0: <laughs> yeah, agreed. I mean. Yeah. There's but not- the much houses
1: difference. are so beautiful. But
0: there's better ones that aren't. like i don't know i'm a big energy person i always try to be a really positive energy person you know that and sometimes i fail but like i don't want to welcome such there there's got to be you know i feel like places you know do collect that energy and i do feel like the more you glorify it especially and the more you take it in the more it like globs onto you and your your conscience
1: Yeah. And like, if those tours were even remotely acknowledging the terrible history of those places, I think that would be one thing, but they're not, they just gloss over them.
0: Or, you know, sometimes when people do, um, like podcasts about, um, murdered people or something like that, they'll donate to like victims, any like money they make. Like, stuff like that, like, or if a lot of their funding or the money they made from tourism went to, like, like, black programs. I don't know. I don't know if that would do it, make a difference, you know, but it's a start. It's somewhere, like, I don't know. Yeah,
1: because, like, I understand the inclination to not bulldoze history, but if you're not using history in a positive for the future way, like, who benefits?
0: what was the point of it yeah why did it even happen i guess i don't know but yeah plantations we haven't really touched i think i talked about a cursed mirror in a plantation once but that's another one of those things where it it's just like true crime where it feels extra yucky to glorify like the goings-ons of plantations
1: yeah like i don't i don't want to hear the story of a uh angry ghost plantation owner because like good I'm glad that you (laughs) have not settled in an afterlife I'm
0: satisfied that you're going through it I hope you go through it forever well that's kind of funny I mean I'm not trying to promote plantation ghost tours but the idea that you could just go with your cell phone and just like take selfies and like ruin their stuff and like shit talk them to their ghost faces is very like exciting to me
1: I mean there there is a, a temptation for chaos to just go into those places and just break things and see what happens. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Too much effort. If it was convenient, yeah. <laughs> you could go do that. But again, energies and, and whatnot. I'm not gonna try to like bring that to upon me. But yeah, I love ghost stories. I love Christmas. I wish there were more ghost stories in Christmas and people got on board.
1: Yeah. It does feel like the one got it right, right away. And everyone else is like, well, I can't tell another ghost story because it's not that one.
0: Do you want a bonus one? Let's go find. Do you want me to go pull the article up and do a bonus one? Sure. Why not? YOLO. I'm doing this as we speak right now. So thank you, Mental Floss. I'll keep saying it. Seven Spine and Tingling Tales of Christmas Ghosts by Claire Cox Starkey. I picked my favorite three, but there's more. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, here's a good one. Okay. I didn't even read this one. This is, okay, number seven, the apparition of a murdered highwayman in Kent. Ready, Dan? Let's close out strong. Are you ready? Okay. One Christmas Eve near the close of the 18th century, a notorious highwayman named Gilbert Isidu stopped a coach and horses on the Hawkers Road in Martin, Kent. The coach contained a young lady and her father, and Gilbert ordered them out onto the road. Just as the girl stepped out, the horses bolted, taking the coach and her father with them. The young lady was left alone on the dark road with the highwayman, and as she looked into his face, she recognized him as the very same highwayman who had murdered her brother some years earlier. Horrified, she drew a hidden knife from her bag and stabbed Gilbert in the side, fleeing into the bushes. When the horses were calmed and the coach returned a little while later, the men discovered the bloody body of the highwayman and buried him at the side of the road. When villagers found the woman in the forest the next day, the next day, she had gone completely mad. They avoided that spot in the road for many years, and it's said that every Christmas Eve, the bloody scene is silently replayed to all that passed through.
1: Wow. Shout out to Claire me for that creepy ass story.
0: <laughs> yeah, Claire. That one is so good. I mean, I hate to say good because it's sad and terrible. But like, also, can we talk about how all of these take place in England? <laughs> yeah. England just I mean, gets lit.
1: I mean, England has to be like go central just because they've been old and terrible since before america was even born
0: (laughs) yeah they had more time to make more ghosts
1: yeah they were already old at that point
0: yeah that's a crazy story yeah like it was the same guy but she got him she avenged her brother
1: why did she go mad? like she spent a night in the forest like why'd
0: she go crazy i don't know she'd gone completely mad Something to do with, I guess, murdering a guy that killed your brother. That could do it, I think.
1: I just picture, especially in the 18th century, you kill a dude. You just stand there until your dad comes back and you go, that's the dude who killed your son. And then everybody's okay with it.
0: Well, I think I think it's um, the assumption that, you know, he's dead because it sounds like she stabbed him once and then ran. Right.
1: That's true. So maybe, maybe she didn't trust herself to be a good enough stabber.
0: But she was a great, turns out, she should yeah. trust her, her stabbing abilities a lot more.
1: I mean, for someone who carries a, a secret hidden knife on them at all times. <laughs> yeah, you would think she would um, be better. At yeah, she's certain, had to have practiced with it at least once. Like,
0: At least she did the cool thing that people do where they flip it open and then they flip it back so everyone knows that they're cool.
1: Oh, she went butterfly knife on it, I bet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like check me out, guys. Don't, don't fuck with me. I'm definitely going to link this article because everyone, everyone should read the full article. It's really cool. And it keeps you in the Christmas ghost spirit, but I think that's going to be it for us in the shiver. Thank you all. Seriously. It's the end of the year. I can't thank you guys enough for listening. We have some freaking cool ass episodes coming down the line i am so excited for you to hear the next few coming up so please keep listening even if you hated dan because i get it dan's not for everybody
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no one knows that better than me
0: <laughs> i'm just kidding He's, i love you oh dan.
1: you think you are
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah please keep listening and um I've had a few people message me about enjoying an episode or something like that. Definitely keep doing that. Cause that makes me feel happy. You're not bothering us at real chills. We'd love to hear it. So thank you.
1: Yeah. share th- Share those comments with iTunes also.
0: Oh yeah, please like, and subscribe. It does a lot. Speaking of it doing a lot time to humble brag my album my comedy album just hit number one on Amazon comedy albums, thanks to people buying, liking, and reviewing, reviewing it. So keep that up. It's called One Last Rad Thing.
1: Yeah, those reviews really go a long way because it gets it gets it promoted on the website. And then even the people who aren't seeing us promote it specifically get to see it outside of just our realm of people. So yeah, yeah keep keep buying it, sharing it, reviewing it.
0: Yeah, and Dan is from, he is the co-owner of the Wasted Robot Network. Uh, Dan, do you want to talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah, I mean, your album is the third one we've put out, and I believe it's the first one we've had that's charted more than just the week it came out, which is a very Yay! exciting thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we have, we have the, the label, which has the three albums, the Mike Brooks, Watch This. We have the Che Guerrero, A Temporary Summit. Mm-hmm. And then we have yours. One last rad thing. That's the, the third one we've put out now. Um, uh, I'm very excited, especially now that things seem to be going in the, the wrong direction again, that we were able to do it quickly, get it done, do it well and get it out to the world all in a very short amount of time.
0: I know. I feel like I hate to say it, but I feel like COVID let up for me. I had time to prepare. I, rec- I recorded. We edited, I did a release party, and then we're back under lockdown, baby.
1: Yeah, you got it all just under the wire.
0: Yeah, so I feel really lucky about that. And uh, you are also the host of a million podcasts. So
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. List those for us.
1: Yeah, that's the other side of, of Wasted Robot is the podcast network, which right mm-hmm. now has, I think, four active shows. I mean, see, their story just wrapped up this first season. And then we have this show, we have Feel Feelings, which is the show I host with George Bruderman, where so we have... Fun. I've been on that. I, I, I feel like in every time I've plugged it recently, the only thing I really want to hit is that it's a comedy show. <laughs> it's <is> a <laughs> comedy podcast. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. people hear, oh, we talk about emotions, because we pick one emotion every episode. And we talk with the guests about things that inspire that emotion in their life. So that seems to lend itself to serious discussion, but we're usually talking to comics and musicians and artists and creators. So it tends to stay fairly lighthearted despite still being honest conversation. So it's, it's a, it's a good, fun, worthwhile listen. It's not as heavy as the premise sounds, but then we also have rank bank, which is the the show I host with Dave Premiano, where we just rank whatever we can find. So yeah, we just did Christmas episodes or Christmas songs and then we're we're doing a year-in-review countdown thing where we're just going to rank all of our favorite things from all different types of media. If you want a good in for that show, you should go check out from last season, the Alphabet episode that we did with Kirk Griffiths. Oh my
0: God, absolutely bonkers, that episode.
1: Because we all did a lot more research than any of us thought we would when we uh, (laughs) decided to do the Alphabet, and that episode came out great.
0: (laughs) Which, uh, oh wait, no spoilers. I was going to ask which letter won, but listeners, if you want to know, you got to listen to the episode. Yeah, you
1: got to listen all the way through. We rank all 26. (laughs) <laughs> that I, is insane I, I, I remember which one won but I do not remember the order from 2 to 26
0: it's weird that anyone would win because that means you guys agreed on which letters should be higher right yeah
1: so the, the rankings come from the amalgamated individual rankings where we combine them they get scored based on our rankings and then combined into an overall scored ranking from all three of us and then we work through the overall ranking on the show So that means that one letter in particular ranked very highly for all of us.
0: That's so funny.
1: And then I also have a new podcast coming out the first week in January that I think at this point you might be able to subscribe to. If not, just keep your eyes out for it. It'll be up any day now, if not already. But it's called Blanketing Covers where we pick a song or a band and each episode we really just kind of cover the covers. We go all the way through every available cover we can find and kind of compare them to each other and go through our favorites throughout the show. And like, yeah, that's an eight episode season. It's starting the first week in January. So it starts with Tommy James, who people might not know specifically, but he is the first and maybe only person in history to have two songs he wrote, be covered, go to number one, back-to-back weeks, and 80 in 87, I think it was. He had two songs that he wrote get covered and go back to back number one. Hilarious. Yeah, it was Moni Moni and I think we're alone now. Because both those songs (laughs) were somehow written by the same person.
0: (laughs) That's really fun. That's cool. Yeah. People will be excited for that. It's been funny hearing you listen to that, um, like those playlists of just covers because it takes me takes me a minute to realize we're listening to the same song. (laughs) Yeah. Like I feel like I'm being tricked.
1: Yeah, you'll be on an episode soon, so you'll have to go through the the real deep dive of it instead of the passive listen like you have been. But you you have a good song to choose from, I think. So
0: yeah, I'm excited. That's going to be awesome. So what is your what are your socials that people can follow that they can find all this other all these other podcasts at?
1: Yeah, I'm Danny underscore gets on everything. It's G-E-T-Z. Don't be confused by Meg's last name.
0: (laughs) We're not related or married. We just have similar last names, unfortunately.
1: Yes, it's a very big unfortunate issue. (laughs) But yeah, Danny underscore gets and Twitter and Instagram. I'll I'll link all the other stuff that I've been talking about.
0: Awesome. Cool. And if you guys want to find me, you know where to look. It's meg gets money gets spelled g-o-e-t-z on instagram and twitter definitely follow me there and guys i'm telling you this next year it's going to be super fun so thank you for listening and have merry a merry christmas and happy holidays find us on the places you get podcasts and subscribe visit our website Someone who should be on Real Chills? Is that person you? Go to realchillspodcast.com and tell us more. Special thanks to Valerie, to Mamberman Artwork by Libby Rundell. Music by Sam Williamson. Real Chills Podcast is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot
1: Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com/podcasts